It's time for episode 522 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast. You can start with the iPhone's new action button, which I pressed right before Dan started speaking. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by the guy I just mentioned, uh, my pal and uh, fellow tech lover, it's Dan Morin. I don't know why I chose a different intro today, but I did. Hi, Dan. Hi, Micah. Uh, I'm really waiting for Apple to come out with an inaction button. I feel like that is much more in line with what I do or don't do, I guess. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I, I could use one of those, too. Um, while we ponder the introduction of an inaction button, uh, I would like to introduce our first guest. To my left is the host of the NoSillaCast and Chit Chat Across the Pond, as well as programming by stealth. It's Allison Podfeet Sheridan. Hi, Allison. <laughs> Hi, Micah. How are you today? I am doing exceptionally well because I am joined by two awesome folks and also Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's good. Well, to my left this week, it is Emojimedia founder now writing at Mobile Tech Journal, wondering if Dan will read out whatever I write in this text field. The answer is clearly yes. It's Jeremy Burge. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Uh, I just was testing the waters to see what if I can. Now we've got a little text field behind the scenes where we type in what what we want to be introduced as. So now I know. Now uh, (laughs) next time, watch out. Uh, testing the waters, boats, you know, I see what you're doing. I know, oh, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> testing the waters. Well, okay. <laughs> I've considered the waters tested. <laughs> the waters have been tested and the captain says we're good to go. So let's cruise right in to our four topics uh, and our 30 minutes. My question for all of you, uh, have you upgraded to macOS Sonoma? Uh, and I'm curious then if you have, what's your favorite or least favorite new feature or change. Allison, we'll start with you. Well, I'm paralyzed. I love to be a day one kind of person, but in my question, you will learn more about why my MacBook Pro is not upgraded to Sonoma yet. Uh, And I've got a MacBook Air and I want to do that, but because of my problems with my MacBook Pro, I don't want to endanger my MacBook Air until I've got enough time to do it. So no, I haven't done it. Um, I do have to say, I was looking through the feature list when I saw your question, and I'm not sure there's a lot that just really excites me. iOS 17 has been crazy fun. A lot of really cool stuff. I guess I'd have to pick something obscure like uh, the ability to automatically make web apps because I have two web apps I built called Time Shifter Clock and Time Adder that would be really great as real apps in an easier way for folks folks to install. And the only other thing I want to say is I'm not a big widget person. I hope somebody can talk me into thinking they're amazing. In terms of the best, it's kind of a minor one, but I really enjoy the new um, wallpapers slash screensavers and the idea that you can sort of move seamlessly between the two of those. Um, There was a point during the beta process where I think I thought like even the initial login screen shared the same wallpaper, but now it seems to just be showing me the Sonoma wallpaper, which is less exciting. I didn't pick that. I don't need that. (laughs) Just give me a chance to have my own stuff everywhere. So that's a both a positive and a negative. I just installed it on my Mac Mini yesterday. I'd been using the beta throughout on my MacBook Air. Uh, I'm glad to have everything running on the most recent version. I would say my other disappointment is the features that still aren't there. 
uh, including the PDF form filling and the ability to add any sticker as a tap back are things that I've been very excited about and will not arrive to a point one release. So I'm disappointed about the lack of some of those features. We'll say that's the worst. Jeremy, what about you? There is one feature that I had to turn off. It wasn't a major deal, but I don't know whether any of you all got prompted with this when I upgraded. It said that there's a new feature where you click on the desktop and it shows the desktop. It sort of hides all the windows. Yeah. And I needed to immediately turn that off. Not because I think it's a bad feature. I'm just uh, super used to how I do things. But I can see the the value for someone else. So that's uh, my uh, non-favorite feature. There's an app, uh, a third-party app called Ubersicht, and it created an overlay on your desktop, a live overlay, and it was essentially like an HTML web page with scripting. And then you could put little widgets into it. And I used that to display the date and time on my desktop. But it always would have little issues. After a while, uh, it used CoffeeScript. And after a while, the script would like fail for some reason. And then the calendar would would not update. And it was just, ugh, it, there was, it didn't work. But all I wanted was my calendar in the background on my desktop, specifically the entire month, like a calendar shows. And I would use Ubersicht to do this, and now I can finally do it with widgets on the desktop. And the fact that Fantastical can also display my upcoming meetings, and I can just click the join button right there on the desktop to hop into this Zoom call, for example, is really nice. So for me, widgets really was the big thing um, I was excited about. Um, Yesterday on uh, MacBreak Weekly, though, Jason Snell almost convinced me that widgets were meh, but he didn't win. (laughs) I ended up uh, sticking with it. Yeah, almost. He was so close to making me making me doubt myself uh but no i i think widgets are great and um i i really enjoy using them on this big studio display where there's like room to have them showed on shown on screen while everything else is there take Um, that jason snell yeah ha ha (laughs) snell uh all right folks let's move along wow jeremy's really bringing uh let's move on to allison it is your turn well, speaking of winning, uh, tell me the longest or most harrowing story of Apple Care you've endured. And in the end, did you give up or did you win? I think my longest Apple Care story was um, one of the AirPods Pro crackling incidents um, where there was some back and forth. Like I had to send an earbud in only one of them. It was weird and like get it replaced. Um, and there ended up being some drama around like, were they going to charge me for it or not? And it was covered by the program, but I had to like call or like text with the support person to be like, cause they tried to charge me for it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It said on this thing that you weren't like charged. This is part of like a, you know, a recall program essentially. And I remember like going back and forth. And I think at one point they even charged my credit card and I had to get them to like refund that charge. It was not incredibly onerous, but it was definitely one of those times where I spent way much, way more time than I thought it was going to take because it, it, it sounded like, oh, this is very cut and dried. I'd heard a bunch of people do it. It was like very smooth and everything. And, and mostly my experiences with Apple Care have been pretty smooth. So it was weird to run into a situation where they were, you know, kind of rusty. It felt like at, at dealing with that particular problem. So it all got smoothed out. In the end, I didn't have to pay for it. I got my AirPods Pro. I've had my AirPods Pro replaced at least twice, I think now. So I, I've been able to like keep them going and not have to get like a new pair because, which is sad because like I, I kind of want the newer pairs with the newer features. This is a first generation <laughs> pair, but it does mean they last even longer. I've gotten like a lot of, a lot out of my money for that one. Jeremy? 
Luckily, I live between the UK and Australia normally, and consumer protection and consumer law is pretty good. I don't, I don't know if I can advocate. Unless you drop your devices a lot, uh, you just sort of say the magic words, and there's, there's laws over here that devices should last a reasonable amount of time. There's no particular set of years put in, but people seem to agree it's around two years for a phone, maybe three to four for a computer that they shouldn't break. Basically, if you do something wrong, sure, then then you should handle it. But if it breaks by itself, uh, and Apple has been forced in recent years to kind of put some extra wording on their websites in Australia and the UK and possibly a lot of other countries to sort of say, uh, yeah, the consumer protection laws exist as well. So you go in and you bring in your device and you say, this thing went wrong with it and uh, it shouldn't have gone wrong with this, this period of time and it gets fixed for free without Apple Care. It's a little money-saving uh, strategy for anyone who lives in a country with consumer protection laws. I don't know how it works in the US, but my guess is the fact that Apple Care seems to be popular enough there means that maybe <laughs> you can't say those magic words. I'm not sure. It all depends on the state <laughs> you're in, uh, oh, unfortunately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, fill me in. Yeah, if you're in California, that lemon law... And it means something. Um, so my longest uh, story is way too long. So I'm going to try to simplify it. Um, I ordered, purchased uh, four AirTags. Um, I put them into things. The batteries died or started to die in them. I ignored it because it's me uh, in action button. Then they completely died. Oops. Then I buy new batteries for them and I put the batteries in. Then they are having trouble connecting. Then they finally, oh no, then they don't, they keep not connecting. So then I deregister them in uh, Find My. Uh, Then I put new batteries in them, thinking that maybe the batteries I bought were just bad. Uh, Then I try to connect them again. They won't connect. So I reached out to Apple support. It got run up the chain over and over and over again. And I ended up spending like six hours on the phone uh, with an engineer who we worked to to try and uh, capture as much information as possible. We sent it off to uh, the specific Find My engineering team. They saw I was running a beta, so they said that it was the beta, and that was like that was the only thing they could say about it, that that was the problem. But then, lo and behold, a new beta comes out, and I don't know what happened, but something ended up letting the devices uh, show up again in my uh, Find My app. And then I was able to deregister them and they deregistered that time on the server side. And then they became just, you know, unused air tags that I was once again able to register. So even though I had given up, I still won in the end. It just wasn't by my doing. <laughs> All right, Allison, round us out on this topic. So my 14-inch MacBook Pro M1 uh, Max uh, had battery problems pretty much from the get-go, and Apple replaced the battery in like October of 2022, I think. In By May of this year, I was having problems again. And the basic symptom is when I'm using it, it loses 15% per hour, which is about a six and a half hour battery life. And it's supposed to get 11. Apple says this is not normal. This is wrong. There's something wrong. They do not, they acknowledge it completely. If I put it to sleep and take it off the charger and I leave it for say three, four days, the battery will be 100% dead, asleep. And I have had 23 phone calls oh and physical interactions with Apple over since May. So we are talking in late September and their final answer is that I have to do a clean install, which apparently is completely different from a clean install on a new volume. And then uh, they want me to install my apps one at a time and then do my sleep test. 
I have 140 apps. That's four and a half months if I do it one at a time. They're oh telling my you that's, God. that's the only way I can do it. And so um, my only choice is to do a clean install. And I figured, why not wait until Sonoma and do it for that? And we'll see whether we get any new information from that. What I've, what I've been doing, you know what my big solution was? I bought a MacBook Air. You've spoken to Apple more than I've spoken to my mom since May. So, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, there's a website you should go to. Uh, it's clockwise.social slash shirt because we are here at halftime. And I would love it if you considered purchasing a clockwise tea. I have to tell you, every time I put on my clockwise shirt... I am wrapped in the comfort that is the Cotton Bureau tee. They know how to make a t-shirt, by golly. And it is so, so nice to wear this clockwise tee. I have it in green. I believe that's the color Dan has it in as well. Uh, but it comes in many colors. It comes in many sizes. You can get one for your toddler. I hope Dan has purchased one for his toddler. Um, that's a, It's a onesie. Uh, but there are sweatshirt options, tank options that might be new i don't remember there being a sweatshirt before is that new i don't remember but yeah now it's there's, great there's a sweatshirt yeah there's a sweatshirt and, and a, there's a hoodie and a, and a crew neck and now i'm gonna have to get one of those and there's a tank top if you want one um yeah get the clockwise tee it looks cool people won't necessarily know what it is and i kind of love that it's one of those if you know you know situations which is always delightful uh that's at clockwise.social slash shirt clockwise.social all right, folks, that brings us to the end of halftime, and that means it's time for Dan's topic. Let's talk about cases. Is your phone in a case? What kind is it? Is it an Apple or a third party? Will a new phone that you may have acquired recently change your case strategy in some direction? And uh, generally, how do we feel about some cases that might be less than great? Uh, Jeremy, why don't you start off talking about your case situation, your case-by-case -case basis, if uh -huh. you will. <laughs> very good well done uh well i i have no case controversy uh here but i've gone over the years from being a case guy to a naked case curious individual uh Ooh. and yeah then i did go naked case for a few naked just fully you know no case for a few years that was great uh but then i reluctantly decided that i liked clipping my phone into my bike when I go out and about. Uh, I know there's quad lock out there. That's not one that I'm using. I'm using one from Mouse, which is fine. It's MagSafe compatible, which is what I like. So it's got four little holes on the back to clip into the bike mount. My only two complaints. One is that the case gets a bit wonky after a year near the buttons. Uh, number two, it only comes in black. And I've recommended it to everyone I know who does ride a bike. And lots and lots of people I know now have the exact same case as me, which is a giant pain when you all go out and about. I have the fine woven case. Um, <laughs> I ordered the case on day one uh, to make sure that I would have a case uh, for my iPhone. I also, um, I had heard from uh, Rosemary Orchard on iOS Today, some people are having a, a sort of visceral reaction to the feel of the case where the, the texture just kind of weirds them out. I quite like how the case feels. Um, I'm going to keep using it until, I don't know, it is scratched and gross, probably. In any case, I always uh, rock a case on my phone, except for maybe I'll, from time to time go for a week or so without a case, and then I end up putting it back Ooh. in one. Allison, what about you? 
Yeah, I really want to be caseless so bad. It feels so good. And, and the iPhone 15 Pro with the like roundy edges, it feels so much nicer. I really love it. And I do have an anchor magnetic ring phone grip, think pop, pop socket, but it's a ring. And so you can pop it on and off. It's really cool. So that makes it feel pretty secure, but I'm sure I'm just going to end up going to the case. But what I won't use and I won't buy again is a case from Apple. I've bought, uh, I don't know, two or three of the silicone cases and all of them started to peel and flake and crack at the corners and they have a one-year warranty. I've taken them back because I'm that person and I go back in and they're like, yeah, you dropped it. No, I didn't. Yeah, you (laughs) did. So no. And it's like, and I said, I brought it to you a week ago when it was just peeling. Now it's peeling and cracked. And they said, yeah, no. So, yeah, I don't, they don't hold up. I'm not impressed with Apple in their cases. So, yeah, I go third party all the way. And plus, if you buy them for 20 bucks, you can buy a couple. Buy $10 true. ones, you can buy like five. <laughs> so, true. you know, mix and match. Try them all. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I found myself in a bit of a dilemma with this because um, although I do not have my iPhone 15 Pro yet, I'm trying to decide what I want to do. In the past, I've bought a new, essentially like a clear silicone case because I do like showing off the color. Uh, and I appreciate the sort of grippiness that silicone brings. But I like, like Allison, I do want to go caseless. So I'm trying to figure out if I might make the transition this time around. The things that hold me back are uh, a few. I mean, uh, I actually don't use my phone biking, although I thought it, I wanted to do that with the new uh, built-in stuff in iOS 17 where it can display bike stuff. So that was a temptation, and obviously I don't want to go caseless if that's the uh, what I'm using it for. Also, I have a one-year-old who likes to grab phones and throw them, so that <laughs> often helps to have some sort of cushioning. So I also, like Allison, you know, I buy a cheap you know, $20 case or whatever, but I felt a little weird about buying these pieces of plastic that I use for a year and then throw away. And like, I feel a little guilty about it. Like, you know, Apple's talking up its whole environmental game. And I'm like, well, why am I just buying disposable plastic every year? Like, maybe I should just trust to the phone to be durable enough on its own. So that's kind of my my dilemma. The The moral conscience issue I'm wrestling with is, do I go caseless and risk damaging my phone? I do have Apple Care. Or uh, do I, you know, buy a, another useless piece of plastic? I mean, the plastic's made either way, I know. But like, I don't need to add to that. I feel guilty when I have to throw them out. Um, um, so yeah, I don't I don't really know what I'm going to do this year, but I, I may go caseless for like a week or so at least, just to uh, see give time for all those third party case makers to shake out all the problems and you know have the full phones available so that they can correctly you know uh, make whatever adjustments they need to, and and we'll see how it goes. But thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Jeremy. So I got a new iPhone this week. I'm not sure about the rest of you all, but uh, I did have one particularly challenging experience, which I will get to, but I am uh, curious. Did any of you buy any of the new iPhone 15 range? If you did, what did you get? First experiences. And if not, would there be anything that might have tipped you over the edge or is it just just not an iPhone buying year for you? Uh, Micah, where are you at? It is an iPhone buying year for me. I did get the new iPhone 15 Pro Max in blue titanium. I do upgrade every year as, for as long as I, you know, I'm hosting shows where I need to to talk about the device and the purchase process and the delivery process were great. Uh, but then I did have some issues uh, moving from my 14 to my 15, um, where I ended up having to go into device DFU mode uh, to, to get everything fixed. So um, I did have a heck of a time, which I did not have last year. Um, and that was not fun. But now 
I'm I'm good to go and everything seems to be working as expected. Although last night I did have a dream wherein my iPhone shut off randomly and then heated up and started to bloat. So let's hope that that wasn't a premonition and was instead just a weird tech nightmare. Um, Allison, what about you? Well, I did get the iPhone 15 Pro. I did something I think was pretty interesting this year. And this is a symptom of being a rampant consumer who has to have the newest thing every single time, whether they need it or not, <laughs> is I started noticing a few years ago that replacing a phone every year, they don't feel new because Apple makes it so easy to bring everything along from your previous phone. So for the first time ever, I did a clean install. So I've been installing apps one by one, and it's been really fun and takes forever because I'm learning how things work. Like I, I, I put the phone, one of my favorite features is standby mode and I put it in standby mode and it didn't know where I was. And it was like the weather was for the wrong city. And I was like, well, what's going on with that? It, and it took me two days to figure out I had to open the weather app on the phone and wait for it to ask for permission because it wasn't in the list of, of permissions. Like I looked for weather and it wasn't there because it had never asked. So um, it's been really fun and interesting. And by and now I can't remember the order that I had things on the screen. I can't remember everything I had installed. So I'm just installing as I need things, which is kind of what I do when I do a, a clean install on my Mac. So it's been really fun and really interesting. And I was up and running faster than Steve, who tried to do a transfer of his data. His phone and his watch and everything just got all confused. Nobody knew who was talking to who. It got it got very messy. And so um, I've really enjoyed that. Um, but the biggest thing that I love about the phone is the new portrait photos. Being able to take a live photo of my cat or my dog and be able to change the focus after the fact is so fun. I mean, the, what was that that camera? The camera was it called the Focus, I think. Oh, Would that yeah, allowed the you change light, Lytra. Lytra, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It's just like that. I mean, you can focus on the foreground, the background. You can change the depth of field, and it's still a live photo. It's it's magical. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay, so. <laughs> I ordered an iPhone 15 Pro in blue titanium, and I um, was going to be traveling uh, on the normal delivery day. I oh, made a trip, uh, a trip plan. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick it up in the Apple store when I get back. And when I ordered on the Friday morning, it let me pick Sunday. I was like, oh, great. I'll be back Sunday afternoon. I can go over to the local Apple store and pick it up. So I get back. Uh, and I find uh, about midday on Sunday, as I'm thinking through my uh, my plans, I have a voicemail on my phone, and it is from the manager of my local Apple store being extremely apologetic oh, and saying no. they don't have my phone in stock. <laughs> so I called them back, and they talked it through and said, essentially, yeah, we, we don't have it. Apple is sending one. It should arrive midweek, and we'll let you know as soon as it's in, and we're really sorry about this. Uh, and I was very surprised because I am an iPhone upgrade, upgrade program subscriber. I have upgraded every year. I've never run into a problem like this. Uh, and I was, you know, as it, as we record this on Wednesday, I still have not gotten any notification that my phone is ready. So Oof. I have no idea when I will be getting this phone that I have ordered. And I'm a little frustrated by that. Um, but, you know, uh, I guess after uh, a decade of getting the new iPhone pretty much every year, uh, I had to hit a snag at some point. So... We'll see what happens, uh, but I am hopeful that by the time next week's show runs around, I will actually have an iPhone installed and like set up and everything, and oh I can talk goodness. about it. But until then, I don't know. It's a big oh, question mark. So sad. Very good, Dan. Oh. <laughs> I think the manager took your phone home, and uh, they're uh, just hoping you don't notice. <laughs> 
Huh. So Jeremy, I'm, any uh, last thoughts? I, I, yeah. Well, I feel I feel a bit better after all of you. I, my main, uh, yeah, I got an iPhone 15 Pro Max, the blue one. Uh, wasn't happy about going to the yeah, woohoo! <laughs> wasn't happy about going to the larger size, but the lighter weight did uh, get me over the line. Mostly because I wanted the five times zoom. And there's always like. Nice little ducklings going by, or sheep, or there's something that I want to photograph or video, and it's too far away. And the five times zoom is great. I think it's even better than the three times zoom as far as sort of quality it's contrast from the <laughs> yeah, well, that too from the 13 Pro that I updated from. So uh, I will say it's a bit much every now and then. You don't, you don't, you you kind of want the three as well, but that's the trade-off. I also got stuck in an eSIM vortex where my SIM card, I'm with a, a not a very good carrier in the UK, and they kind of lost my number translating between <laughs> one eSIM and another. So it's a big fear of mine. Uh, yeah, they were very good at disconnecting the old number from the old eSIM. They just weren't very good at activating it on the, the new eSIM. So, uh, I so did you have, have to have them manually yeah. do it? Because mine just jumped. It went, hey, do you want to just move the number? I said, okay. What I've learned since this, there is a very helpful page on the Apple website which says which carriers support eSIM quick transfer, which is uh, Apple's preferred way. Uh, it's only one of them in the UK, but it's most of them in the US. So that's not that's your primary, that's your preferred way. That apparently what mostly works great. Uh, the second way, <laughs> I have an Australian carrier. Sorry, Michael, what did you say? I just love that it, it mostly works great. The, the caveat there is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mostly. I'm sure there's a lot of people with these SIM issues. Uh, I have an Australian carrier, which required me to install their app to move it across, but it did work fine. Uh, and then my dodgy UK carrier who uh, not only don't support it, yeah, they have a form and they don't transfer. You set up a new blank eSIM on your new phone and then you fill out a form and in theory they move everything across. But I was on the phone to customer support when I did it. And I hit the button and immediately it uh, killed the, the, the call because I was calling <laughs> yeah, from the old course. number yeah. and uh, it just never <laughs> arrived on the new one. And I just oh, spent boy. the last day or two just chatting to them and... Uh, yeah, that's the only people I can call. It's just customer support. It says I have no, no, you know, calling for anyone. So it's just me chatting to customer support. And the best part is whenever they say, okay, we're going to send you a code to confirm that it's you. And you go, well, <laughs> I can't get the code because I don't have access yeah. to my phone number. It's been very fun. It's been very, very <laughs> fun. So, nonetheless, the phone is great. I recommend if you go, want to go all in an eSIM like I do, pick a carrier that's good at eSIM stuff. And especially, maybe we'll put it in the show notes, the link to the Apple page, which says which carriers uh, support this quick transfer, because mm. that would save a lot of time in your life. Um, all righty, folks, uh, we have just enough time for a bonus topic as we get near the end of this show. My question for you, what is the first big purchase you remember making with your own money? And I know big is relative, so I'm saying anything over $250, kind of looking back that first time you used your own money to make uh, a bigger purchase. Allison, we'll start with you. My dad found a sailboat uh, called a sailfish for a used one for $150. And he came to my brother and me and he said, why don't we split it three ways? Let's each put in $50. I was 12 years old and I had $50. My brother, three years older, was broke, had no money and had to borrow from my dad and pay him back, which was basically (laughs) the story of his whole life. But I had $50 when I was 12 years old and I went in thirdsies on a sailboat. So that was uh, that was my favorite one. One of the things I do remember is the first one, I, my Mac, when I was a sophomore in college, I had had the, that Performer 6300 that we discussed earlier. That had been my freshman year computer, but I wanted to buy a new computer. And so I had saved up from like the job I was working over the summer, and I bought a Power Mac G3. And I always remember 
that I hemmed and hawed. This has stuck with me for my entire life because I always did this. Was I hemmed and hawed over getting the like ex- express shipping at that point, which was like twenty five dollars or something? And my father is like. It's a $2,500 computer. Just pay the extra $25. Like, <laughs> the percentage of that is so low. You're already spending all that money. You might as well have it sooner. I was like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. So that is now what I live by. <laughs> uh, well, I I, uh, I saved up all my money from the, the shed factory I worked at and the pizza shop that I worked at and uh, bought the first iPod, uh, which mm-hmm. is what I'd, I've been hanging out waiting for an MP3 player. I was 17, 2001. Someone did come along, and that was Apple, and I gave them my 850 Australian dollars, I think. I can't remember, but it was a lot of money for a 17-year-old at $6 an hour. That's awesome. Um, for me, it was uh, I had a PC, and so I saved up to buy a new Ethernet card for it so that it would be faster uh, in its connection to the internet, and uh, buying a bigger uh, screened flat screen monitor. Uh, and I was just so proud of, of like being able to make those purchases and, uh, improve upon the, the computing experience I had. So, uh, thank you all for that. And you all listening out there, if you would like to get ad free episodes of our show with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of clockwise. Uh, if you go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, you will help support the show and you you get access to a great overtime topic. In this week's overtime topic, we discuss accessibility features we use. All right, that brings us to the end of this show. All that is left is to thank our awesome guests, Allison Sheridan. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I always love coming to Clockwise. And Jeremy Birch, thank you so much for being here. And I will read whatever is in this. Isn't even a text field on this one. <laughs> Thanks, my blue buddies and Dan without a fire. <laughs> oh. And Micah, we'll be back next week. Maybe my phone will be here. We'll never know. Well, I guess we will know. Uh, but until then, uh, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the door for an iPhone 15. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>